are tuned in to Strengthen the Soul podcast, a safe place for learning and growing. I am here to help you navigate through life's greatest challenges. I am Katie, your host, a licensed social worker, therapist, intuitive empath, a healer who's healed herself, and I'm here to help you strengthen your soul. We are all beautiful souls in this life. We are healing, we are living, and we are loving. My mission is to bring awareness to all things mental health, provide motivation and information, and discuss mental wellness and spirituality. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Strength in the Soul podcast. Today was another live empowerment workshop for Strength in the Soul in my empowerment workshop series. And today I had the pleasure of connecting with a licensed marriage and family counselor. She is actually a great friend of mine. Her name is Danielle Benzel, and she and I had an amazing conversation about so much. I have to say it was such a refreshing and passionate conversation and I feel like we shared so many perspectives and tools for you guys to listen to and carry on throughout your life. She spent a lot of time talking about relationships and how to nurture your relationships and the things that come up that might be barriers for your happiness and your well-being as well as things for you to think about stand in your power, take your power back, all about, you know, my take your power back series in this empowerment workshop series. So stay tuned. It's amazing, amazing conversation. And if you feel called to share, please let us know. You can find me at strength in the soul on Instagram, and you can find her at Danielle LMFT. Thank you guys so much and enjoy. All right. Well, thank you so much for Danielle for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, of course. You know, you've been such a supportive person in my life in regards to like my personal life, my career, you know, I, I hold so much love and space for you. And I think that so many people can really benefit from, you know, hearing exactly what you do and any advice that you have to share. So I wanted to give you the floor and talk about a little bit like about yourself, what you do and um, your strengths in your profession. And then, you know, I want you to kind of talk about too, like segueing after you introduce yourself and give us all that information, what empowerment means to you and how in your life where, like where you've lost your power, stepped into your power, how you've taken your power back. And then I especially want you to transition into taking your power back into your relationship, because I know that you felt like for a while that you lost the power in your relationship due to your work schedules. And I think that it's so important for people to hear because I think we can all resonate with the challenges um, of balancing life, you know, that work-life balance and especially in relationships and that quality time and and harboring that connection. Um, And you're going to be speaking on your your romantic relationship, but I also feel like people can resonate and relate to any type of relationship, you know, like how we absolutely have to get creative in life And we have to get creative in our relationships, you know, to spend that time and things like that. So I'm going to give you the floor. 
Yeah, no, thank you, know? you so much for those kind words. I feel the same way about you. I feel like you've been such a, a positive presence in my life and I just enjoy connecting with you. And it's funny because I don't really get to do things like this very often, even though I'm doing uh, virtual sessions right now with people, it's different to kind of speak to more of a group and kind of yeah. have more of that sort of um, presence for yourself. So it was so funny because I was thinking to myself, it's like I had a little bit of nerves, not like it's, it was kind of excited nerves. Yeah, totally. And it's, yeah, like, cause it's, and then I'm like, it was almost like, you know, when they say that when you're nervous on your wedding day and then you see your groom at the end of the aisle and everything mm -hmm. just calms down, that's how I feel with you right now. I'm like, oh, oh I love that. that's Katie. Like, that's Katie. There she is. <laughs> so it's so funny. So it's, um, I'm so excited to be here. I really am. And I just love that we're so aligned in so many ways too, because mm -hmm. I feel like it really is such a feeling when you're doing something in alignment and you're kind of just like wanting to be there. Like nothing else really exists in the moment. Yes. Oh, it's really awesome. So thank you for that intro. Um, of so, yeah. So I just wanted to say also that if anybody didn't get to check out Ashley Helms um, conversation yesterday, really go do that. It was awesome. There's going to be so many great things in this group, uh, previous conversations, today's conversation, and then future mm -hmm. ones. So I really just wanted to kind of point everybody in that direction to oh, really stick you. and just kind of follow along because I love what you're doing here, Katie. It's so awesome that you're bringing us all on and we can really talk about this subject, especially during our craziness in our world right now. Um, we need to learn how to take that power back wherever possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, as a marriage and family therapist, I really feel like it's become almost a slogan for me that mm -hmm. I really want to help people heal what they once thought was eternally broken. I, that is oh, my word. mission. Yeah, yeah, that is really the key. And I just love that concept because there's a lot of people that come in, maybe hopeless, feeling like they're hanging by a thread in some ways. And mm -hmm. then they start to regain some hope and they start to see that there are answers and ways that they could take some control back for what it is. Ugh, they, I what love that. So it's a beautiful thing and just kind of mending those hearts and, and seeing that happen is so inspiring. So mm -hmm. that is just my sole mission. I can't picture myself doing anything different. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like to work with adult individuals, couples and families right now. And it's usually people who are 21 years of age or older. And I really wanna work with them to, to help them bridge the disconnect uh, they might be experiencing in their emotional and mental health. So if you can bridge that gap, if you can bridge the disconnect, you're going to be able to live and love more freely and just more openly. And mm -hmm. that's just what I want for everybody. So yes. we just have to find a way to kind of bring those two together, the emotional and mental disconnect. Yes. Um, I often say, yeah, I often say therapy is a mirror for your thoughts. You're mm -hmm. going to have that ability to kind of reflect back to yourself what it is that you're thinking and feeling so that you can see more clearly. And um, if you ever tried to put makeup on without a mirror, really not that great. <laughs> my goodness, I could not even imagine what my makeup would turn out to be. Right. So it's a little different, obviously, with your emotions, but sometimes yes. that's how it feels when you're trying to do it alone. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of misguided. You're not really sure which pieces to put together. And you really have to put yourself in a situation where somebody's kind of guiding back. You need that reflection mm -hmm. a little bit more. Um, I also like to say that therapy is a bridge to the next step. So sometimes you're not sure which way to go. So mm -hmm. it's kind of that middle ground where you're still making progress, but you're not having to commit to a decision or something right away. It's really just a space to explore. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing to kind of create that space for people, which I love. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you know all about that, Katie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this group is so in, um, in line with what I believe is so important for my sessions. I just kind of jotted some notes down here. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of keep myself on point. There's so many directions we can go. Um, 
So it's been such a strong point for just my personal life and in my sessions that um, we really want to try to focus on what we can control versus what we can't. And I really have found that that's the turning point for a lot of success that people are seeking. Once you start to shift your focus from what you can't control to what you can, you start to really see progress. I really feel like that's been the turning point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think we've heard that concept, concept almost at nauseum, like it's Mm -hmm. almost like okay, all right, I've heard this before, like it's kind of cliche. And I often tell my clients cliches are cliches for a reason. Like there's a lot of truth in them. Mm -hmm. So and a lot of us can relate to them, at least in some form. Mm -hmm. So if you're really open to the way that these things are relatable, then you're going to be able to take a closer look at them. These things are cliches because they're popular concepts and popular Mm -hmm. concepts are worth looking into. Mm -hmm. Because why should you be above those concepts that are out there? Um, exactly. so we're not alone. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. So that's a huge piece. So let's not ignore that concept, even though we've heard it so often, mm-hmm. like, let's really slow down and actually think about what that means to shift your focus mm-hmm. from what you can control to what you can. Yeah. Um, so I am going to definitely touch on the points that you're making, I might do it in sort of a, a roundabout way here, just since I jotted down some thoughts. Yeah, um, of course. Awesome. So I kind of wanted to talk about some main points. So I wanted to talk about mindset, because you're going to have to have a certain mindset to be able to achieve this goal to be able to control what you can control versus what you can't. Um, I want to talk about communication. How does that show up in communication? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also our time, you know, how can we take advantage of uh, some of these concepts and apply it to making time most worthwhile for us? And of course, I'm going to weave in some conversation about relationships because that's my thing. Yeah, well, that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. So I'm actually going to, um, I don't know if any of you guys here follow me on Instagram, but you might have seen a post that I made. And I just want to read it because it's going to go along with this mindset framework that I want to help you guys set today. Mm-hmm. I want to help you establish this. So um, where can everybody find you on Facebook, actually? So I'm at- if, if, they're, if they're not following you right now. On Facebook? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, both Facebook or Instagram, because you have a page for both, right? So I actually, yeah. So I actually have my maiden name for my Facebook. So it's Danielle Sangali, LMFT, Licensed Marriage Family Therapist. So if you kind of just type that in, I could always put like a link in the group as well for anybody who wants to follow. Um, And then I have my Instagram handle is Danielle LMFT. So Licensed Marriage Family Therapist. So you guys- Super easy and on the point. Follow her now. (laughs) I know I'm not always that simplified, but I'm glad that something was simple. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to just read from here because I want you guys to get yourself in a zone of um, what does it mean to kind of focus on what you can control here. And I jotted down something on, on a post recently, and I said, chaos is simply an invitation for you to demonstrate your peace. And I want you to just think about that for a second, because that's not how we usually think about chaos, right? Usually we see ourselves getting in a swirl and kind of getting Mm -hmm. swept up. And I really want to kind of just bring that visual to you guys right now. Like what Mm -hmm. does chaos look and feel like to you? Um, So chaos is simply an invitation for you to demonstrate your peace. If we can capture that mindset, we could handle so many things coming our way. And it's not easy. So I'm just going to read along here. And I want you guys to envision yourselves doing a little bit of this as I read. Stand strong in the midst of chaos. Remain calm in the face of chaos. Be kind despite the chaos. Draw a line between you and chaos. You don't have to, between, you don't have to become the chaos. You can rise above the chaos. 
You can battle and extinguish chaos by refusing to let chaos rob you of your peace. And I just want you to think about that for a moment because chaos can maybe come in the form of a person, a situation, maybe an image, something yeah. like that. And if you can kind of attach yourself to that without, you know, maybe getting triggered or too much into an emotional place here, I just want you to try to get yourself into that zone of, wow, it would be possible for me to stand my ground and remain centered, even though there's all this craziness happening around mm -hmm. me. And in a sense, we're doing that with the pandemic and everything happening right now, right? We're sort of in the midst of this feeling of chaos. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are still kind of doing what we can do, yeah. focusing on what we can do. So. Absolutely. I love that so much because, you know, and I think that like when I see you validating me on social media or, or in our present life, like I feel like you always take the opportunity to validate the way that I handle situations. And I think that's so important that we need to like put more in our lives, whether it's for ourselves or other people, you know, even yesterday, you know, you were saying how like, oh, like this was a great opportunity to see you handle this technological issues with grace. And I was like, wow, like, thank you so much for validating me and saying that and putting it in that way. Like, and, you know, just kind of going back to that quote of saying that no matter what happens in life, this is an opportunity for you to show your strength, for you to show your peace, for you to show your ability to stand in your power and, you know, handle this situation. Perfectly said. I would have said the same thing. That, that was yeah. a great example yesterday mm -hmm. of you just kind of owning it, dealing with it. It is what it is. And then, of course, everybody was like, we, we've all been there, right? Like nobody was judging you. Nobody was worried about it. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. These things just happen. Exactly. Um, yeah. So good for you. That was a great example. So you get it. So really looking at it as, when chaos presents itself, it's almost like the universe saying, let me see what you got. Let me see what you can handle. Mm -hmm. And it's almost a little bit of a challenge. And if you could look at it that way, then you're having the proper mindset to always remain in some sort of control for yourself. That doesn't yeah. mean you're not going to get upset. You're not going to have emotions, but you're going to be able to stand your ground regardless of what it is that you're dealing with. Um, so it takes practice. It takes work. I am certainly not perfect with any of these things. I'm not above any of these things. Um, my husband can vouch for that. I know better, but I don't always do better. And I just think that that's more frustrating, even for somebody in this sort of healing profession, mm -hmm. that we're, we can be really hard on ourselves. We're like, come on, like I'm slapping my wrist. Like, really? Like, what was that about? Like, definitely could be doing better right now. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to judge yourself too much. You don't want to put yourself in a place of shame. You want to always be aware that you are human. Mm -hmm. And yes, you could do better. And there's going to be times when you're just, you just don't have it in you. Yeah. Uh, but as long as you're shooting for better, and you're really trying to apply these concepts, you're most likely going to have a much calmer and more controlled life. And I think that's really what we're always striving for. I love that because um, I, I focus on so many different um, areas in therapy. Um, and one area of focus is child and family therapy. Um, and when I got certified in dialectical behavioral therapy, one of the things that we were really focusing on was validation and how to shift our language and mindset to be more validating because that's a huge principle in healing really is validation. And one thing that I preach constantly is to remove the word but from your vocabulary, because when you use the word but and in, in when you're specifically trying to validate experiences or feelings or, or, you know, other people, 
you're putting such a negative connotation as if like the first half of your statement was not valid. So one of the statements that we used when we ran a DBT group for our teens was, I am doing the best that I can and I can do better. Instead of saying, you know, um, I'm doing the best that I can, but I could do better. So you're not really like experiencing validation of you trying your best and being human and being in a place of vulnerability. So when you're saying, and you're giving life to both ends of that experience where you're saying, I'm doing the best that I can. And because two of them can exist at the same time, it's not one or the other. You're saying, and I can do better. I know I can. And I know that I'm doing my best in this moment with what I'm experiencing right now. That's a perfect example of mixing the human nature piece that's imperfect. And then also that piece that you can do better and you can get your power back, even when you're feeling kind of weak in that situation. So beautiful. Yeah. That, and it's so amazing how important that small little change could be. Such a shift. Exactly. And I also, you know, tying that into um, language, I also say remove the word should from your vocabulary, you know, and like we make a joke, stop shooting on yourselves. (laughs) You know, like should is such a negative word. And I often see people who are like in the healing industry, who all like, they love to give advice, um, which is so beautiful, because we can all gain so much knowledge and and shed light on things that people are teaching but oftentimes I see people say should you should be this you should say this you should feel this you should do this and I'm like you know as a professional or an influencer or somebody um you know in the healing profession we need to be careful about how we're wording things because you're not going to find me telling somebody you should be doing this because it's implying that they're not doing enough already or that what they're what they're the place that they're in is not valid like oh you should be at this place where you should be feeling this yeah like it almost I'm not anxiety right even just you saying that like I can almost get like an anxious feeling like absolutely like I'm not validating where you are in this present moment Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I try very hard to be very careful about the language that I use. And of course, like I'm human. So I use but sometimes and I use should sometimes, especially like, you know, if I'm in the therapy session and we're just quickly, you know, like I'm very passionate about like what I'm trying to convey. However, I always am very mindful of it. And I'll let my client know or the person that I'm talking to, you know, I don't like the word should. And here you go. I have to say it because I can't think of another way to say it right now. (laughs) That's so good though. Like that's staying intentional and Mm -hmm. really just kind of calling attention to I am human. I can't really think about it right now, but let's still (laughs) stick with that concept that maybe there's a better word for this. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think that's so great. So I know you asked for an example too. So where maybe I got, I had the opportunity to maybe practice this mindset. So not only do I do this with my sessions, but I have to do this with myself. I'm always trying to practice what I preach with as little judgment as possible when I can't really make it happen. But I really do strive to practice what I preach and make sure that the words I'm speaking definitely apply to me. And I'm not just sort of, you know, expecting it of others and not myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a little bit of a silly example of something that happened recently. But of course, I just want to be mindful that there are way harder things that people will go through. And this mindset is going to 
be easy, easier to apply than other times, depending on what it is that you're going through. Absolutely. Um, so recently I lost my phone. Now, I don't know if any of you have experienced sort of losing your phone really, like really losing It's like it. a traumatic experience. <laughs> like no lie, it's a traumatic experience. Especially, you know, as, as business owners and professionals, like mm -hmm. we have a lot going on. So there's a lot happening with that. So um, I lost my phone. I was running some errands one day and I had sort of a plan for my day of things I wanted to do and everything was flowing pretty well and everything was going well. And I was at the grocery store and all of a sudden it's just gone. I don't know where it is. I was, I think I was reaching for it to like check a recipe. I wanted to grab it to see what was what I needed mm -hmm. and it's gone and I'm like and sometimes you just you know right away when it's gone yeah I feel like <laughs> you like the pit in your stomach like wow really like this is what's going on right now oh my god <laughs> while I'm saying to myself worse things can be happening this mm -hmm. is the worst thing in the world um and so it's like you have that double side going on and I'm looking I'm checking my pockets I'm checking my pocketbook where I usually have it I'm checking the the cart that I have it's gone I'm thinking maybe it dropped somewhere I'm looking I'm not totally frazzled yet I'm like oh it must be in the car so I I leave my card I go to the car not there then I go to the previous store that I was at and I'm like it has to be here because I remember checking yes. my phone I was convinced that it was there. I was looking, I was checking the woman at the register. She gave me her phone to actually call my phone, to, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, and nothing, 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 nothing. Now my day has changed, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to yeah. be late for the next thing I wanted to do. Now my day is thrown off course. And I don't know what happened. I'm going to be really honest. I didn't actively um, access this mindset. I didn't actively kind of bring myself to this place. But it was almost like a seed has been planted and it bloomed kind of when yes. I needed, which mm -hmm. I think is kind of the whole point of our work, right? Like yeah. we're not always conscious of it. We want to be conscious of it. We want to move mm -hmm. to more consciousness of it. But if you need something, sometimes that premise is going to be there for you when you actually yes. need it. Um, so what happened was something happened and I started saying to myself, just because I was like, maybe this was supposed to happen. And I don't know, like you could have a religious perspective of this. You can have sort of a universe perspective that I'm being yeah. taught something, I'm being challenged. Sometimes people will have that like, oh, it's a de deceased relative trying to mess with me or something <laughs> like that. So who knows, right? Like I'm pretty open to all the possibilities. And right. at that moment, I just said, maybe this was supposed to happen. This wasn't my plan for the day, but it doesn't mean that my day is now wrong or bad. Yes. Maybe it's exactly what it was supposed to be. It just didn't go according to what I thought it should be. So there's mm -hmm. that should. Yes. Right. Yes. So I thought it should go a different way. So it was amazing how that happened. I almost, it was such a release and almost a surrender. I was like, I can't control this. Yeah. And I just don't want to shake up my inner peace mm -hmm. and have this be my day now. I just mm -hmm. don't want to. So I took the steps I could take to try to protect it. I don't have like the find your iPhone. Um, yeah. I didn't have it on, unfortunately. So I just, I kind of let it go and I moved on with the plan for my day. And it was weird. Like I had the double sides of my head. Like one yeah. was like, okay, let this go. It's it's okay. Like you can't control it. And then there was the other side that was like, how do you not care more about yeah. this? Like, why are you not freaking out? Yeah. And I think we've learned to freak out, right? Yeah. Like that's a learned behavior to a degree. Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. upsetting has happened and now I should blow my top. Yes. And I just didn't want to. And I just think that was my example of sort of staying in my power mm -hmm. and saying, I had a plan for the day and I wanted to be something today. And I'm going to continue on with that despite what happened. That's me remaining calm in the face of chaos. Now, of course, worse things can happen, like I said. But in that moment, that felt chaotic 
to a degree. Now I had all the emotions, trust me. I was frustrated. I was annoyed. I was worried about yeah. losing things on my phone. I was aware of everything that could be lost on my phone mm -hmm. if I couldn't find it, but I was convinced that it was gone and it was stolen. I was just convinced. I was like, somebody must've taken it. Like it yeah. got to that point in my head. Yeah, yeah. Who, would just, who would bring it to the lost and found or whatever. It's an expensive phone. Um, <laughs> so, so my point here is that I really tried to stand my ground with that. Yeah. unshakable inner peace type of concept. Mm -hmm. I really try to help my clients achieve that. And also for me, but that doesn't mean you're not human and you can't feel the feelings. Right. Right. I don't know if you've heard that on, I think I've seen it on social media too, like feel the feeling, but don't become the emotion. You yes. might have posted it. Actually. Right. And allowing yeah. like that emotion to be there with no judgment, like, okay, like I'm not going to judge myself for feeling this way or, you know, what is the emotion teaching me and things like that. Yes, you got it. So feel the feeling, don't become the emotion. That is one of my favorite phrases. It's become yeah. one of my favorite. Talk about taking your power back, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel this, but I'm not going to let it control me. Yeah. I'm going to feel this, but I'm not going to let it change my whole day and who I wanted to be today. This yeah. is something that happened. This was an event. The external story is not the whole story. You have such a more inner story. Um, so that's huge. So I just want to help you guys sort of reflect on that a little bit. You can be upset, but you don't have to let it take over. Um, yeah. And I usually like always say, like, even at the empowerment event, I, this was part of my speech is you have the power to allow what you have power over you. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I just didn't want to let go of my sanity that day. I was like, I just don't want to. And sometimes we feel like we're doing something wrong by letting things, these things go. Like, why don't I care more? Yeah. Why am I not I, trying more? Yeah, exactly. And I think that this speaks to mastery, right? Like, you know, I wrote some notes down as you were speaking and I loved, you know, I haven't used this term in so long and I just love that you said it where planting seeds, um, because oftentimes like when I first became a therapist, you know, you want to save the world. You want, you want to see instant results because you're like so passionate about helping people and, you know, and I remember my supervisors telling me like, Katie, it's okay if it didn't turn out the way that you had hoped it to. Cause obviously like I can't control the, the depth of people's growth, right? Like they're in charge of their own life and their growth. But like when you're helping someone, you see their potential, you know, and you have to like let go of that control on how other people's lives turn out you know, but they always said to me, Katie, you're still planting seeds, you know, so don't worry. Like if you can't see, or even if they discharge before you get to see their end result, you just have to know and feel good about that. You planted seeds, you know, right. and it's up to, you know, them to continue that growth in their own life and have, they have the room to grow now. And so again, it's like the same thing for ourselves and, and learning and being in that place of mastery where it's like, okay, I have room to grow and I'm, I planted the seed and no long, no matter how long it takes me to get where I'm meant to be, I just have that room to grow and master. So it sounds to me like you really mastered that skill. And that is such a beautiful skill to have because it's very hard for people, I feel like, to master that. But you allowed yourself that room to grow and, and look what happened, you know? And also, I think I can speak for everybody. What happened to your phone? I'm, I'm curious to know now. <laughs> Thank you. I almost left that part out, right? Like leave it on the cliffhanger. Right. Um, <sighs> So this is even more powerful, right? So I, um, I went about my day the way that I wanted. 
And yes, it was in the back of my head and it was bugging me, but it was in the back of my head. It wasn't necessarily on the forefront. And then I got to speak to my husband later in the day and he triggered something in my memory. And I realized I did have the phone at the grocery store, Mm -hmm. which I really was so convinced it was at the previous store. And I was just, and I was like, oh my gosh. So I called and it was at the lost and found. Wow. Beautiful. I was like, what? So then that was even more of a lesson for me that I said, I could have gone crazy today. Mm -hmm. I could have went crazy, frazzled, looking everywhere. I could have upset my whole day. I could have started arguments with people. I could have did a whole bunch of things. Right. And then I would have just found it. And that would have annoyed me so much. (laughs) So I think the key is that I kept it calm and then I got it back and it was so awesome. So I could have lost it completely, obviously. But in this particular case, I kept my calm. I had my day. I didn't really skip a beat. I did exactly what I wanted to do. And then I still got my phone back. So good. Lucky, lucky. I'm very aware of that. Very lucky. Um, But I was willing to let it go. I've lived without a phone before. And these were the concepts in my head somehow. And I just think that, again, I'm not above anybody in terms of practicing these things. I think they're challenging. But because of the line of work I'm in, I'm exposed to these concepts over and over and over again. Something has to get through. Something has to get through. We're being very active with our learning, you and I as as healers, and I'm hoping that other people are too, that we're exposed more than the average person. So we might be more readily able to sometimes conjure up some of these feelings and these mindsets. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to pass that along because that was a huge lesson. Yeah, and I don't beautiful. think this. Yeah, I don't think the success was getting my phone back. I think the success was me maintaining some inner peace despite the chaos. Yes, absolutely. I a thousand percent agree, and I think we really can all benefit from hearing that story. Yes, I'm so glad. And I and I, who knows? Maybe that's why it happened. Yeah, there maybe I'm here talking about it because I was meant to share it. I truly don't believe in any coincidences. So. Yes, I knew you would understand that. Um, so I don't know if anybody had a comment, if anybody wanted to add anything. I don't know if anyone's writing anything. I just want to make sure I'm uh, noticing. But um, yeah, feel free to jot anything down or ask a question or something if you would like. Um, and I'll be happy to answer anything. But I'm hoping this pretty much makes sense so far. So if you can yes. kind of go into any situation with this mindset, you can kind of see that there's going to be you're always in a position of control. There's going to be that sense of control. So things are going to be less likely to penetrate you in a mm-hmm. negative way. Absolutely. That's, absolutely. That's our goal here. Yeah. Um, so my other piece here was going to be communication. So talking about relationships, right? So mm-hmm. you'll see how I light up when I talk about relationships. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, so communication is just such a funny thing, right? Like you can try your ass off to do things right, to say things right, to put things in a, a point and you know, put things in a way that people are going to not misunderstand them or misinterpret. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it still happens. And there's enough communi- miscommunications in the world to employ countless therapists, which I think is so crazy, right? So we are miscommunication- miscommunicating so often that we actually have people employed to kind of help us with this. I think that that needs to be a perspective so that we can normalize how much this is actually happening in mm-hmm. our world. It's not just your relationship. Um, and again, it doesn't have to just be romantic. It could be any type of relationship. So there's so many directions I could go in with this, but in the interest of time, I wanted to talk about um, whatever comes to your heart to share, please do. Oh, no work. You. Thank you. Yes, I worked to organize my thoughts a little bit here just so I don't go too off base. But um, I want to talk about communication in the form of yelling. 
Mm-hmm. I just think there's something about this, right? When it comes to power and control. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yelling yes, yes, is yes, such yes. such a good topic, I think. And mm-hmm. it's something that my clients struggle quite a bit with. So I'll have um, maybe a client come in and say, Danielle, I did it again. I lost my cool. I went zero to 60. I can't believe it. We've been working on this. What the hell happened? And we we're, we're trying to explore kind of what happened. Now, of course, mm-hmm. you're human. You're not going to be perfect. Right. And I love what you said before, Katie, that you have, this is almost like a mastering thing. So if you can't master it, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you're going to have different energy levels, different abilities at different points. The more you practice it, yeah, yeah, the more you practice it, the key is that maybe that's going to become more of your consistent mindset, Mm -hmm. but it's okay to slip in and out of that. You're not always going to be a master because that would mean you're perfect. just doesn't exist right we do not yeah exactly perfection is totally like an unreachable expectation and it's like a trauma response you know like we don't have to be perfect to be loved or to be validated to be heard and I love that like there's a picture that I've seen it's just like a picture of plants and every plant looks different and it says like you know it's like the plants looking at each other and they're like oh, you're growing beautifully and I'm growing beautifully and we're growing at different rates and we're still beautiful. I love that. So true. Exactly. You have to be able to think about the different rates of it. Um, and that, that's the thing. So not should, not shooting on yourself and saying, yeah. um, I should always be at this master level. Mm-hmm. And that's, I have to watch that too. So I might expect myself the next time something happens that I'm going to react the way that I did with my phone situation. Yeah. But right. every situation, every form of chaos is different and it's going to bring a different level of emotional mm-hmm. intensity. Mm-hmm. So it really is going to be so important to practice this. So just excuse me while I look at my phone, because I just want to read um, another post that I actually That's had, just because it gives a, another basis. Um, but I want to ask you guys, as I'm looking for this, how do you feel when you're yelling? Really kind of put yourself in that zone again. I'm going to ask you to do like another visual. Maybe you've yelled recently, or maybe it's been a past event, something like that, where something triggered you. You got to that place of just your boiling point, and you just let it fly. Like, you just let it go. What does that feel like? What What are you feeling like when that's happening? Are you feeling like you're in control? Are you feeling powerful? Um, do you feel frazzled? Do you feel lost? Do you feel desperate? You know, really, really ask yourself these questions because it's really important to see how you're feeling with this form of communication. So as you're sort of reflecting on that, like, what do I actually feel like? Do I really feel in control when I'm yelling? Um, I'm going to just read this piece here. And Katie, you might have seen this. I think you had seen this um, on my Instagram before. Um, so I wrote here, stop. So I, I also want you to want you to guys to know that it's not a, um, this is not about judgment. If you guys get to a place of yelling, I think we've all been there. Yeah. I think we've all experienced being yelled at too. So mm-hmm. I really want you guys to actually put yourself in that piece that what does it feel like to be yelled at? Yes. Um, yeah. I've actually like, and I'll only bring this up just very briefly. So I don't like interrupt your, uh, your conversation here. Um, but yelling is totally a trigger for me, um, in two ways. One, like I become triggered with confrontation and yelling when things become aggressive because I'm an empath and I feel emotion so strongly. So it makes me feel like very, like, like I want to throw up, you know, it's very uneasy for me and I, I lose my sense of power, or I should say I, I used to lose my sense of power um, because I've worked really hard on, on 
tuning out that kind of like vibration and like staying strong in my energy and knowing that that energy is not mine, but I used to like always take on other people's energy and feel that anxiety and, and, um, instability and not in my own energy and power. And also like, I've noticed when I used to yell or act aggressive, it was because I did not feel powerful within myself. And I wanted to feel so powerful and in control and just show that other person, you know, that I like, you know, it was really just a projection on myself, you could say. So you got it. You that's know, exactly it in that, line. <laughs> it's exactly in line with what I'm saying. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so, so difficult. So I think we've all had personal examples of being the yeller and yeah. then also being yelled at. And it's just important to kind of think from both perspectives and to also hear something like that from you. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it clear that this is not a judgment on yelling. That's what right. I'm saying. So exactly. if you do get mm-hmm. to that place, we all have our boiling points. We all have our limits. Uh, but just look at this through a different perspective. So I kind of wrote this post out talking to the yeller. So I just want you guys to actually hear this out and listen and and tell me what you think. Um, So I have here, stop yelling. We can hear you. You don't have to yell. You might think that yelling will help to get your message across or keep people from doing whatever it is they did to you again, but it doesn't work, at least not in a healthy way. Yelling comes from a place of insecurity a lack of trust Mm. in your ability to get through to others effectively and a lack of trust that they love you enough to listen, to care about what you have to say and to want to make it better. Mm. Yelling comes from a lack of self-worth and overcompensation for what is actually a deep desire and desperate demand for respect. Yelling is a weak tactic masked as strength, developed as a means to avoid the kind of intimate and or vulnerable conversations that require more advanced communication skills and emotional awareness that you probably know you lack. Mm. Yelling is a diversion that erupts and keeps that which is lacking within the yeller from being exposed. It is used not to even the playing field, but to destroy it. And not only does this leave others diminished, defeated, and unable to bounce back, but often it leaves them no longer wanting to. The power of our truth remains the same regardless of whether it is spoken loudly or whispered. Stop yelling. So I want you guys just to kind of take a second, let those words soak in. And um, I want to just say that this is important just just to acknowledge. So it kind of hits on the points that you were saying, Katie, that there's there's kind of three main points that jump out in that. A mm-hmm. lack of maybe communication skills, an ability to express your emotions properly. Yeah. There's a lack of self-worth maybe in this particular situation. So I think that's what you were saying, that you were overcompensating for something that you felt you were lacking. Exactly. And then there's there's also almost a loss of faith in the relationship with whoever it is that you're yelling at. That's really true, actually. You know, when you think about it like that, right? Like you're almost like not, you're thinking so much about like the security within the relationship that, you know, like I, if you think about like, if you're communicating with somebody that makes you feel safe, you're not going to be so quick to, to react that way. Yes, you got it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So this is important to take a look at. So you have to recognize, is this coming from me? Is this some sort of a deep seated lack of self-worth, or maybe it's something with my just communication skills, 
Or am I really being disrespected by this person? Because that could right. also be a reality too. And they have things to work on too. This is certainly not just for you, but we can't focus on the external changing. We have to focus on what we can do in this Absolutely. situation. And that's what the point is here. So my biggest problem with yelling, because this is the thing, some people deserve to be yelled at, <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending on who it is, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on who it is in your life. And sometimes it is the closest people to us where you're just like, did you really go there? Like just now, like, like really? I need, to speak with, I need to speak to you with conviction so you can literally receive my emotions. <laughs> right. So some people are asking for it. And that's a problem on their communication side. So they need to work on whatever it is they're trying to get across because it should not be triggering you to that same level. So mm -hmm. we really want to be looking at all of those sides. So please don't get me wrong. This is not all about just one person in the relationship. There's Absolutely. always two sides. But let's just say that side is not going the way that you want it to go. What can you do? How can you stand in your power? And how can you still control what's happening mm -hmm. um, for yourself? So my biggest problem with yelling is that you have been hurt. If you're yelling, they always say anger is a secondary emotion. Right? Yes, but yep, yep, yep. Really, you're hurt. You're hurt mm -hmm. in that situation. So you are hurt. So why do you now deserve to have to relive that pain in just a different form? Because that's kind of what yelling is. Yeah. You're putting yourself in a zone to now hurt your vocal cords, to raise up your blood pressure, get your heart pumping, mm -hmm. get yourself maybe shaky, something like that. Just a total feeling of lost control. Some people, right. some people feel in control when they're yelling. Some people feel powerful mm -hmm. and everything. And maybe they have powerful lungs and they're not worried about their vocal cords. Right. That's a possibility. Right. But I just want you guys to realize that it's, there's physiological effects when you're yelling mm -hmm. and you don't deserve to have to go through that after just being hurt. Yeah. Why? Emotional hangovers are a thing. No, they, yes. I actually like have a whole Instagram post about being powerful and the distinguishing like healthy power and and unhealthy power and you know anger was one of them like when you're feeling or you're displaying anger or those that aggression you feel powerful but that's not really you being actually powerful yes i think what's most powerful this is what we want to stick with is how can we be most proud of ourselves in our communication where you're going to walk away and be like, I handled the shit out of that. Like yeah. I handled that. Mm -hmm. And then also something you don't have to feel bad about afterwards, because even if you feel like you were justified, mm -hmm. things that come out of your mouth when you're angry, there's going to be a tendency that when you start to almost come around and you start to feel better, mm -hmm. now you have to deal with guilt. Yeah. And then you have to deal with like whatever it is that you said. Now you have a bigger mess to clean up. Yes. Why do we do that to ourselves? Mm -hmm. We just went through something crappy why do we not have to go through something else crappy like it just exactly. doesn't work so don't let your solution to the problem become worse than the problem right Absolutely. so i think when you're yelling you're you're trying to um maybe equalize an injustice or something like that you're trying mm -hmm. to level the playing field but like i said in this post you're destroying the playing field yeah. you're just going to make that person diminished mm -hmm. even if you feel like they deserve it at the moment if these are people you care about you have to be careful Yes. These, these things have repercussions. We really have to be mindful. We have to be careful. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think that's the piece here is just um, really trying to remain in that zone of I need to find a better way because I don't want to hurt myself more. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of broke down some ways that you can do this. And also, I just want to add that you don't want to be looked at like you're crazy, right? So you, you've oh my already, gosh, yeah. mm -hmm. it's like you've already dealt with some bullshit, whatever it was. 
And now you're going to be looked at like, oh my God, she's insane. Look at her. She's like flying off the handle. It removes that person's responsibility and their part because that now you're just crazy. So now they don't have to hold you accountable. They don't have to hold themselves accountable Mm -hmm. because they see what you're doing. And then that's where the behavior kind of Mm -hmm. stops. So they're just like, oh, well, she needs to fix that. That's the whole Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to be mindful that yelling doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It's not efficient and it doesn't make you feel like you're in control. So what's the point of it? Absolutely. It's almost like a a baby crying, not to be insulting, but that's kind of what it is. It's like our inner child just crying and it's not, but it's not productive because we're adults and we're not actually Mm -hmm. expressing it in the right way. Exactly. It's so true. So I did say that in order to do this, sometimes you might have to walk away you know, when you're communicating and it's not going well, sometimes you have to be able to remove yourself. And there's uh, a couple things you could do. So you could walk away and just grieve the fact that you didn't get what you wanted from that Mm -hmm. external source. Mm -hmm. This isn't going the way that I wanted. Um, So you can kind of grieve that, right? So that's important. I think we forget that piece because we don't want to feel that sadness. We don't want to feel the emotion. So we put ourselves in a zone of yelling because we want to extinguish that pain. Yes. Rather than sitting with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And there not to you need to invalidate how painful and like experiences can be and there's so much growth within that pain it's almost like you have to really dive deep for any spiritual growth like I would say the one thing that helped my spiritual awakening in my life and emotional maturity and healing is actually diving into that pain and choosing me and choosing down the path of healing you know and not using secondary responses or material things or relationships or, you know, superficial things to mask the pain. It's actually diving into the pain is where I've learned that most of my growth and my awakening happened. Yes. You're amazing with that. And you've been so inspiring with things that you work through for yourself and how you work with your clients and everything. It's incredible. This is not easy stuff. Like this is really one of the hardest things. It's to sit with the pain and not get what you want, especially when it's with somebody that you care about. Exactly. And to recognize like, where am I wrong in life, in myself? Where can I grow? What do I need to heal? What's not working for me? You know, our ego tries to protect us and we can be totally stifled by our ego, you know, and we have to kind of tune our ego out and say, no, I'm going to, you know, not live in a place of ego and actually say, I'm wrong. I need to grow. There's nothing wrong with me. And I can improve in this area of my life, you know, and not let our ego say, no, like, you know, don't heal that because you don't want to like be perceived that way or whatever, you know? Exactly. Everything's for you. So you Mm -hmm. never want to feel like you're being put in a situation where, oh, I'm punished in the corner or something like that. No, you could be learning something from sitting with your pain. And I was going to say that journaling is such a valuable piece here. I know you said you want to talk about tools that we can give people too. So Mm -hmm. you are fantastic with that. Like, I think that you have so many things you can offer people. I know you do journal prompts and things like that. And I've attended some of your um, little mini uh, gatherings, things like that. And it's just so valuable. And I need to get a little bit more back into journaling, even for myself. Um, so your stuff is great. So I'm hoping people will check out more of your stuff that you have to offer in that area. Uh, but that's something you could do Walk instead of kind of yelling at somebody or totally internalizing it and bottling it up, you can actually write it down and yeah. get it out of your head in that way. 
and kind of get yourself processing a little bit more before addressing it again. So here's the key too. That's not the answer, walking away and just grieving. Right. You still have to deal with the problem, but you're just not going to do it in that zone of feeling so out of control. Right. You want to bring yourself back to your peace in some way, and then you can get back to a logical place. And journaling is so helpful with that. Um, so I have another saying, um, you might've seen this Katie too. Mm -hmm. Um, be sure to cook your thoughts and feelings all the way through before serving them to others. Oh, I love that. So good. <laughs> I, and then I add a raw undercooked mindset isn't healthy for anyone. Mm -hmm. So I really try to okay. equate that with food, right? So if you're serving something that's not cooked fully, mm -hmm. people are going to get sick on it. They're going to spit it back at you. And there's going to be a whole problem there. You're going to go into this dance of chaos, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to cook your thoughts and feelings all the way through. And that's hard because it means being patient and it means you're not going to get what you want right away, mm -hmm. but it's going to be so much more efficient and more worth it. And you don't have to make yourself sick over right. it in order to make it happen. That meal is going to be so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I don't know what that is. I feel like we almost feel like we're not doing what we need to do if we're not battling for things. Mm -hmm. If we're not fighting for something, we feel like we're letting it go. We're letting that person get off scot-free because they didn't hear the the wrath of what we have to bring and they oh didn't learn that yeah. they heard us. I seriously yeah. think when I'm doing therapy sessions, I think that's something that people struggle with so much is that, you know, feeling like, like, like the, you're accepting my phone just went off. That's so crazy. That's like confirmation actually. Um, oh, yeah, it's so wild. I look, my hands are here. I, you know, it's so beautiful. You always give me chills. <laughs> I know things like that happen. I'm like, okay, hello. Um, that they're afraid by forgiving somebody or by, you know, not reacting right away that they don't have the power or that they're allowing the other person to have power over them. And we work really hard on the notion that forgiveness is not acceptance, right? Like you don't have to accept that other person's behavior or the wrongdoing mm -hmm. and you can forgive for your internal peace. Yeah, so yeah. forgiveness is not acceptance. Like you don't have, by forgiving someone, you don't have to accept that what happened in that situation wasn't valid to you. You got it. You know? Exactly. So okay. I think like, like it is really hard for people to work through and, okay. and choose the, the positive way of coping in that situation versus the negative, you know, cause we're scared and fear is a real thing. Fear of not being validated, fear of not being, you know, um, consoled through that hurt. And it's like, standing in your power is like really validating yourself and saying, I'm more important. I matter. And my peace is more important than the reaction, the immediate reaction. You got it. I'm really so like glad you just said that. that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And I actually had written that down, but I think I was going to forget to mention that piece. So again, alignment right here. So okay. you like, you almost like filled in the piece that I almost forgot. So that's amazing. I think so Spirit that's did because they just, you know, gave us that confirmation through my phone. Hello. <laughs> Spirit was like, all right, Katie, like this needs to be done. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely. So you want to be able to choose yourself in any circumstance. So if you have to get what you want, in a sense, that's going to make you like more upset. 
then right. that's not the path for you. Don't take the path that's going to shake up your inner peace. That's not the right path, especially if this is a goal for you. No, I want to remain in my peaceful zone. What's going to be the path? You know what? I'm going to tell this person we're going to cool it for a second. We're going to walk away. We're going to think about what happened. And then we're going to come back together for a solution. So I always encourage my clients. I don't say just sit with that pain and then that's mm -hmm. it. Then you try to move toward a solution, especially in a romantic relationship. You want to make sure that whatever happened is getting resolved in a healthy way. And you want to try to prevent some of that going forward. So I know we can't prevent all of it, but you want to at least have more of an understanding so that maybe you'll have less triggers down the line. Yeah, absolutely. I talk so much on my podcast about, you know, the perception. And um, when I was in college getting my bachelor's, the professor said, perception is far greater than any truth or fact. And that stuck with me forever. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I received that knowledge prior to going into my career, because I literally say it to every client that I have in some form or another throughout our work together, because, you know, our perception of things is based on like from the second that we were born. And even if you think on a spiritual sense prior to when we were born, you know, like, um, you are perceiving things through like a filter inside. And that filter inside of yourself is made up of experiences and your dynamics in your family and things like that. You know, it could go on forever talking about why your perception is the way you're the way it is. Exactly. Um, and it's our responsibility to gain different perspectives in this life. And that's why like reading, podcasts, learning, going to school, interacting with other people and having an open mind is so important, oh you know, because, God. you know, your perspective might not be the best or the end all be all. It's so important to even just have your mind open to other perspectives so that you can be your best self, you know, and, or even it's gaining some, some little piece from somebody else's perspective and having your perspective and then combining the both to a whole new perspective, you know, you so, got it. Exactly. Yeah. And I loved your conversation with Ashley about affirmations and all of that. So uh, that was, that's huge too. So that's a way of reminding yourself, calling yourself back to your center a little bit and not letting those negative thoughts or whatever's happening run away. That's not the whole truth. There's more there. We just have to really tune in. And that's where the affirmations come in. Tune in because if you don't actively practice this stuff, it's so easy for the brain to just go a different direction with it. And as I'm saying this, I'm of course applying this to my own self and I need to do more of that myself. Um, so yeah. again, affirmations, you and I get to be exposed to these things more because we're in this line of work. So mm -hmm. it's most likely helping us to master some of these things a lot more, but even still it slips away from us. Which oh, is absolutely. Crazy. And like, I remember learning about the brain and how mm -hmm. obviously, you know, people who have physical trauma to the brain, your brain changes and then you get like a traumatic brain injury, mm -hmm. but even, even emotional trauma can change the size of your brain. Mm -hmm. and change the pathways in your brain. And so it's really key to knowing like you can really heal your brain. The brain is so powerful. It's so insane. Like obviously like saying that people are like, of course it is. It's the goddamn brain. <laughs> but like, do you know that like when you have trauma, the size of your brain changes, it's insane. And so you have to work every single day on healing yourself and your brain will literally physically change through that. It's incredible. And that's not talked about enough. It's really right. not. And that's the thing. So the next time you're faced with chaos, the next time anybody's faced with chaos here, 
think about that. Like think about what you're doing to yourself, how you're responding, how you're reacting, what that's doing to you. And how long are you prolonging that person hurting you? Maybe they're losing their shit and maybe you should kind of get yourself out of there. And that's because who wants to be in the face of that when you know that that's what's so painful. So at the first sign of like, okay, this isn't going well, whatever that conversation is, whatever the chaos is, this isn't going well and it doesn't feel good. You need that self-awareness so that you can say to yourself, I need to take a pause from this and I need to walk away. This is not healthy for me. The goal is not to change the external source. I'm going to get through to this person. I'm going to teach them a lesson. I'm going to make sure I never get hurt again. That's not up to you. You have to take care of yourself and walk away. Again, talking to myself through this conversation. You have to remove yourself maybe journal it down, write it down. We're not going to let it go. We're not going to ignore it, but we're going to do something different with it. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, you have to take care of yourself. So self-soothing is going to be a big piece here. So you're putting yourself in a state of grieving. That's going to be rough. You're going to be crying, maybe disappointed, upset, questioning your relationship, whatever it is. You need to soothe that. Maybe go for a walk or something. Go listen to some music, maybe cry it out. Take a bath, light some candles, something good for yourself. You deserve to be comforted. And if that person can't comfort you, you have to find a way to do it for yourself. And it's not for you to force it out of that person. You're going to comfort me now because you hurt me. Right, exactly. And I think it's also important to note here too, is that like just learning what is the healthiest coping skills for you, you know, because I feel like oftentimes we run really quick to like, I need to go grab a drink or I need, you know, to go do something. Or, right. or, you know, anger can turn into some, you know, maladaptive behaviors. And in therapy terms, that's just, that just means, you know, negative coping skills. And so it's so important to, again, like engage in the physical and emotional and all like encompassing positive coping skills for your well-being. Perfect. Yes, exactly. So thank you for adding that because it's true. Some people will say, okay, well, this makes me feel good, but you don't want your solution to be worse than the problem. And that's where drinking comes in sometimes and other substances can intensify some of your issues and they're band-aids. They're not actual solutions. They're actually, you have to be, we all have to be careful with avoidance versus coping. So some people will say, oh, well, I just go to sleep. Okay. Well, good. Cause you're removing yourself from something negative, but that could also be avoidance. You're not working through something. So sleeping isn't the worst thing. It's not going to hurt you, but you just don't want to keep sort of maybe interrupting your day and having to go to sleep because you don't want to deal with some of your emotions. Exactly. And avoidance will hurt you in the long run, you know, like for sure. And even myself, you know, I totally practice and believe in, in welcoming vulnerability. And I'll share that I've used food and alcohol to avoid and comfort myself. Um, instead of saying, okay, you know what, like, I'm just going to sit for an hour and cry and journal and process my feelings and just let it out, even though I do do that a lot. Mm -hmm. And there are times where, I mean, there, I didn't just gain 50 pounds for no reason. (laughs) So it is here because I have avoided my emotions long enough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. It's so important that people hear what that looks like, maybe from a real personal perspective, because it's so easy to stay in that conceptual realm. And if we're not sharing some of that personal stuff and some of the specific examples, we can lose people here. So I really appreciate that. And even coming from somebody who is a therapist, right? Like I am a therapist and it is okay that I still suffer with mental illness, you know, like, and that is a long-term thing that I have been working through and it's okay. And I'm proud to say that I have gained strength 
in overcoming my mental illness growing up, you know, and, and that meaning depression and anxiety. And this is a great example of you stepping into power, right? Because yep. you've had things happen. You're not allowing those things to define you, but you've actually allowed them to push you in a direction where you're going to just strengthen yourself even more. I mean, strengthen the soul. Nothing is <laughs> perfect than, than more perfect for you than that. Exactly. And I just think that that's the key is that it doesn't mean you never went through anything. Sometimes it means you went through more. And yeah. that's why there is sort of that stereotype that therapists are more crazy than their clients, you know, and <laughs> hey, I, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> even the way that if that's labeled, right, like that's such a shaming thing, like it doesn't mean that you're crazy just because you've been through shit, like you've right. been through stuff, you've had experiences and a lot of it wasn't even coming from you. A lot of it was because of external sources and you didn't have these tools that we're talking about today mm-hmm. to be able to rise above some of those external stressors or whatever they were. So yeah. when we're young, we don't have much available to us to be able to work through these things and if we never work through them later they kind of just follow us along so you've interrupted that cycle you've disturbed it and you've said yes I went through stuff but it doesn't define me and it doesn't mean that I don't know how to do better at this point exactly and it's incredible incredible so that's a really really good example too um so yelling yeah I'm not a fan so Mm -hmm. it's it's just it puts you in that place of losing your shit and you feel like crap afterwards and I just Mm -hmm. don't really think there's many cases where people say, I feel so great that that happened. I know there's some times when you can feel really good after you yelled at somebody and they really deserved it. But for the most part, if it's people you care about, if it's somebody you really care about, you don't want to be talking to them that way. And then you kind of have to like deal with the makeup process and takes a little while. You have to feel a little bit ashamed of what came out of your mouth or what you did, what you threw, whatever it was. And you don't want to look crazy. You don't want to feel crazy, especially when it comes to kids. that's important so Mm -hmm. I was also saying that you don't want people just doing things for you or with you because they're fearful of Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and so yelling really evokes a lot of fear it really doesn't do anything positive so even if you get the results you want are you getting it for the right reason or are you getting it because people want to pacify you and they just want to get get it over with they just want to like that manipulation and gaslighting like you know and again that's like kind of circling back to saying like you know, you have to take a look at yourself and, and release your ego and say, okay, did I just gaslight to get my needs met? You know, like that wasn't the healthiest thing to do in that dynamic or relationship. Yeah. So hard to be aware of these things when they're happening. It's so important, but it's so hard. It makes, it's just so hard to balance the human and the, mm-hmm. the wanting to do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that covered kind of my communication piece that I wanted to get into. Um, So it kind of ties together, right? So if you have that mindset of the external is not going to penetrate me, I'm going to stand in my power and I'm going to make sure that I am proud of how I'm walking away from this situation. Be Mm -hmm. proud of yourself. Be like, wow, that was hard. I could have did this, that, this, that. And I walked away and I journaled. Yes. Good for me. Really Mm -hmm. good for me. And you want to have that little bit of celebration. You also want to come back after you've processed with a plan. I think that if you're really struggling with your partner or anybody in your life, don't ignore that. Honestly, like you, you have a right to feel uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable with anything, if somebody's continuously challenging you and it feels like you can't get a grip in that relationship, there might be more to explore there. So yes. that's where I would invite you to actually come for a therapy session. You can mm-hmm. come on your own and work through that. It might be something going on with you, but it's a lot of times both parties. Yes. So really invite that other partner to come along with you. And if they're willing, that's a really great thing. So bring yes. them in and work through it because something's going on. You shouldn't have to be triggered all the time. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. I saw a whole post about this, um, on Instagram the other day. And it was like, 
it was a girl, it was like a reel, you know, and it was like, um, it was just a girl talking quick. And she was like, this is just a reminder. Like, if you don't feel safe in your relationship or, you know, emotionally validated or whatever it was, but just along those lines, you know, that's just like something to look at. And I think that like a lot of people need to gain that perspective sometimes that, it's okay to acknowledge that there's something wrong in your relationship. I know for me, like that was a trauma response for me in my previous relationships because I was struggling so much with low self-worth or, you know, I was never validated as a child. And I just was seeking so much validation in my relationships, like that I was worthy of being loved, that I wasn't really acknowledging that the relationship was unhealthy or that, you know, I wasn't feeling safe in the relationship. I obviously knew that I was miserable and unhappy. And I just didn't have that perspective to say, like, I am worthy of being happy. And I, I'm feeling unsafe in this relationship and this is not what it's supposed to feel like. Yes, because if you're unaware of your feelings and what you what's healthy for you, mm-hmm. so you don't have that insight, you don't have that mindset, you're really going to kind of let anything happen to you. And yes. in your mind, you're saying, okay, well, the, the goal is to have the relationship. So I have the relationship. So I'm successful. I'm doing the right thing yes. for myself. Yes. So that kind of goes back to my phone example. It wasn't me getting the phone back that was yes. important. And that's probably why I forget to tell the end of the story, because that wasn't the important piece, right? right so right. the important piece is that you recognize that things weren't working a certain way and you were able to handle it and manage mm-hmm. it in a different way. So it's not about just having a relationship. It's about acknowledging, I don't like this and I'm worthy of getting more of what I'm looking for in this situation. And how can I do that? I can't force mm-hmm. it from this other person or the external source, but we can find and explore it because I'm not going to tolerate living like this. I'm not going to tolerate continuously being upset and triggered why would I want to do that? That's not enjoyable. Just to have the relationship, not good. I actually saw something else on social media. Some some social media is really great. Um, I, know, and I, you- I literally love gaining information from social media. Like I've learned so much. Like it's so I think- good. It depends on what you're following, right? Like yeah, no, yeah. Literally, <laughs> PSA here: remove any negative stuff from your social media and only follow positive because that makes such a huge difference. Like I even saw someone post on Facebook about like how you should pick a few of your more expensive gifts that you give your children to be from you. And then the other ones like from Santa, just so that you create that healthy, um, pattern within child groups like when they go to school like oh you know Santa got me an iPad and then the other kid was like well Santa didn't bring me something like that and then that promotes like unhealthy feelings in children and like low self-esteem and comparison and you don't want that child to grow up with those internalizations you know as an adult and feel like like low self-worth and low self-esteem because they didn't get an iPad for Christmas when they were six you know so I learned that from freaking Facebook I never would have even thought about that and that is so so important yes I know even uh Ashley it's home right I don't know if I'm saying it right Mm -hmm. yeah Ashley so I heard you guys talking about comparison and everything with that and how damaging it could be and I was telling her the other day I I sent her like a private message I said I was like I was like, I just want you to know how inspiring it was when you said, please unfollow me if I'm making you feel bad about yourself. Yes. I respected the hell out of that when she said that. So that really stood out to me. I, I think she's awesome, you know, in the way that she's really trying to teach these things to the yeah. point that she was like, I will lose followers because I don't want to make you feel like crap. Yes. And that exactly. was just such a noble thing. Because yeah. again, it's, you know, it's about like 
everybody has their own process of dealing with things. And like, you know, we can't control other people's process. Like, even if we're trying to be the best version of ourselves, you can be triggering to somebody else and you don't know. And that obviously is not her intention or anybody's intention because, you know, uh, in your brain and your mind and your soul, you're putting out there something that feels good for you, you know, and somebody else might be on, you know, walking down their path on their healing journey and be in a place where they're very vulnerable to being triggered because they don't know how to stop comparing themselves or whatever. And, you know, she doesn't want that for anybody or, you know, people in that capacity on social media don't want that for anybody. And it happens. So, you know, I think that it really was really great for her to put that out there, you know, and for all of us to put out there. Yeah, because it really showed her true, um, her true wish for people to actually do better, even if it meant that her words and her efforts weren't going to be getting through in the right way. So if me living my life and doing the things I'm doing and sharing my positives is making you feel bad about you, I'm not going to assume that that's going to make you feel good. I want you to really check in with yourself. So again, Mm self-awareness, you know, this is all really positive stuff, but it's not making me feel positive. It's just not, it's positive to have a relationship, but it's not feeling positive. So how do I actually either change that or shift it or whatever so that it can start being positive? Because when that doesn't line up, it's so confusing. It's like, I have a marriage. I should be feeling positive. Why doesn't it feel positive? That's when you start to feel that disconnect that I talked about in the beginning, the mental, emotional disconnect. This should be feeling better and it's not. I feel like crap. So that's when you have to actually get yourself in and explore that a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when you go right to my website, the first thing that you see is change starts with you. And you know, I feel like you have to be ready for change. You have to take that first step. And that is um, something that, you know, I always want to talk about is like you taking that first step into positive change, you have to be the one to do so. And you have to be ready to receive. And so sometimes just people aren't ready to receive. And that's okay, because everybody's, you know, healing journey is their own. So again, like, following certain people that align with your readiness for change, you know, are you at a place where you just need to explore what's going on? So align yourself with people who are helping you to do so. You know, you, you can't, you can't align yourself with people who are at their peak if you're not there, because then that's gonna, you know, it might be motivating for you, like for sure. But if you're going to take that and internalize it as, you know, diminishing yourself rather than be motivated, then, you know, that's on you and you have to take the step and align yourself with what feels right for you. Right. And Ashley said, don't be angry that your life isn't what you want it to be. Be inspired to shift it. Be inspired to actually achieve what you want. Um, So I don't even know if this was a post from you because I literally share like everything that you post. Oh, I Um, love it. Thank you. (laughs) All your posts are amazing. Yeah. So I don't know, you might, I might be saying something that you already posted, but Mm -hmm. um, I was going back to that concept of just the relationship. So I loved this, uh, this post that I saw and it was love is unconditional relationships Mm -hmm. are not. Yes. You can love the hell out of somebody. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the relationship doesn't need work and that there's not going to be things about it that make you feel like crap. So those are the things that you want to go to therapy for. You don't have to hate your spouse. You don't have to hate this person or whatever it is, or even hate yourself to be able to come to therapy. Just You just need to want improvement. You just mm-hmm. need to want to explore your discomfort in some right. form. So right. please don't think you have to be hanging by a thread, walking into the therapy appointment because it's your last resort. 
Yes. Sometimes you really want it to happen sooner. You don't want to mm-hmm. wait too long because then the work just gets harder. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. so it doesn't mean you can't turn things around, but just I just want that to be clear. So the relationship itself, yes, it's supposed to be positive. So there's a should, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mentally, we think it should be great, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not. Maybe something's feeling off. Please mm-hmm. give yourself permission to explore that. Yes. Because otherwise you're just going to be yelling and it's going to get nowhere. And that's going to be your answer. And again, releasing that ego, like, cause the ego, you know, is trying to protect you by saying that you're, you know, you're being vulnerable. is difficult. Being vulnerable is hard. Change is uncomfortable. Change is hard. Don't go there. So your ego is trying to like stop you from evolving because, you know, they want you to feel safe in a way. However, the ego is really not making you feel safe because it's keeping you in an unhealthy place. And just acknowledging that it's safe for me to say my relationship is not doing well right now. It's safe for me to say like, I'm, I'm not doing well right now. And even acknowledging like, I'm, you know, not okay in this relationship and just releasing the ego and acknowledging those things. Because again, change starts with you. The most important part of positive change, other than you taking that first step, is being aware and acknowledging what needs to change. Exactly. And as therapists, we're not above this, right? So it's encouraged that we get our own mental health care and we actually get a therapist for ourselves and um, something you and I have definitely been yes active with. So we want to make sure we're thinking straight to be able to help the people that we're dealing with. And maybe that's also enforcing us to be able to master some of these concepts and pass them along to others. So yes, the goal is to master, but that's not where we should expect ourselves to always be. Absolutely. Um, But there's so many values to therapy. And I just think that that doesn't always get across. It's not just this hanging by a thread, last resort resource, come in sooner, deal with those emotions. It's okay to be uncomfortable and it's okay to want to explore why. Yeah. That's the key there. So that was my communication bit there. So (laughs) I know we're uh, going a little over here, but um, I just wanted to mention also about time. Um, Absolutely. If that's okay. So let me just uh, look at my notes here make sure I covered. Obviously we're passionate about this and even the fact that we're here on a Sunday talking about this, right? That says something. <laughs> yes, we could talk forever. I'm so open to just exploring and putting positive stuff out there. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here for us, you know, and my platform, your platform. I think that that, you know, we don't even know where this, this information is going to reach. And that makes me so happy and hopeful that there will be so many people to hear these words you know and I think that that's what my movement is all about empowerment is taking what I know and and asking other people to take what they know and put it out there so people can really be empowered to be the best version of themselves and you know it would be selfish of me to keep all this information for myself and Mm -hmm. I am not a selfish person and I I love sharing all this information with everybody so you know I definitely appreciate you taking the time to you know share your your experience your words your profession and your heart and you know we'll wrap it up here by talking about some time and then you know this will be in a a beautiful podcast episode for everybody to hear yay I'm so glad thank you yeah and I'll weave in I know you mentioned the single spousing piece I'll kind of tie that in as well because and I appreciate you bringing that up Mm -hmm. um so I'll try to kind of organize it here, but um, 
I just, I, the concept of time gets away from people, right? So it's another area where we feel a little bit of lack of power, lack of control. Like we're always feeling like we don't have enough yeah. time. We always feel like we're scrambling this, that, and this. Um, a while back, I wrote a blog and it's called The Art of Single Tasking. Mm. And um, single tasking, you know me, I'm like always coining terms here. I don't know if that's a real term or not. Um, I love but, it. I think it is. <laughs> single tasking, yeah. So it's um so it's really about pairing some of the things on your to-do list with the time frame and also, mm-hmm. you know, just the set time. And I think it's something we all struggle with. Like we're yeah. kind of opposed to maybe putting things on a calendar, really kind of holding ourselves accountable for some of the things that we want right. to do. Um, so that blog, you can go check it out or we could post it. Um, we mm-hmm. can post the link or whatever. But there's an accompanying uh, template that I want to offer for free for anybody who's interested. Oh, wonderful. Um, That's so nice. So, yeah, it's, so it's a week. It's kind of like a week at a glance type of thing. So you get to look at your week and I direct people to write down anything you feel like you want to get done in the week, whether it's realistic for you or not. You think, okay, these are all the things Mm -hmm. on my mind. I'm just going to free write and I'm going to jot down all the things on my mind. And then you have sort of some set times in the schedule. So I kind of laid Mm -hmm. that out and you can maneuver the schedule around. You can maneuver the timeframes and make things like half, you can have like a half hour slot. You can have an hour slot, whatever you think your vision is for how it's going to take a certain amount of time to complete certain tasks. So you have to sort of visualize again, visualizing is such a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. It puts us back in control, right? So we don't know what's going to happen in our days. I didn't expect to lose my phone that day. Like things happen, life happens, but you can at least plan for things to go the way that you would like them to go Mm -hmm. and the ideal way that you would like them to go. So it's like a time blocking concept. Um, But the point that I want to make is that we don't feel in control when we feel like okay, I'm going to do this task, but then there's also like five other tasks we think we should be doing at the same time. So the idea with single tasking is there's a time slot for everything, whether it's in the same day or some point during the week, everything's accounted for. So what it does is it actually allows you to be in the moment with whatever it is you're doing in the moment. You're literally single tasking. All this multitasking is making us nuts, I feel. So multitasking is just chaos in a different form. And it could be great in some ways, but you just don't want to necessarily feel like you're living that way constantly, that it's that your consistent go-to. So there's a time when you're going to scramble, but you don't want to always be scrambling. You don't want to feel like you're always scrambling, even if you're good at it. Mm -hmm. Why? Why do that to yourself? So put yourself in a one, I'm doing one thing at a time. And I don't have to worry about if I'm working out, I don't have to worry about, oh, should I be making dinner? No, that's all accounted for. You've accounted for that. So in a perfect world, yes, that's beautiful. Sometimes things are going to happen. You're going to get thrown off. But if you have a set calendar, if you have something for yourself and you have to move something, at least you know you're intentionally moving it and you're moving it to a different place. You're moving it to a different time slot. So this could be really overwhelming and sound intimidating for some people, but that's why I created this template with some yeah. instructions and whoever's interested, I'm happy to send it their way just to kind oh, of practice a little bit. Yes. I would love that because that is something that I really struggle with. Like I, because I do so much in my life, especially professionally, like I don't leave a lot of time for myself um, personally. And I don't, cause I definitely make time with friends. Like that's very important to me. So I prioritize that. So it's not like I'm not seeing my friends or my family or things like that, but I really struggle with like my home tasks, you know, like I'll wait to the last minute to do my laundry or clean this or do that, or, you know, mail this out because I'm scrambling you know, in all other areas, I'm like, oh my God, like I totally did not allot myself enough time for my, of course, the things that we don't want to do. So I definitely need to work on that with myself for sure. So there's that concept of uh, discipline equals freedom. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that before. Oh, we have a huge that. problem with that, right? Because who wants to, especially if you work for yourself, it's really hard to want to put certain yeah. timelines on things and things like that. Um, so even for today, right? Like you might've had an hour slot. We're going over a little bit more. I know you said you try to be a little laid back oh. uh, with that, but it's um, something I try to be mindful of, especially because depending on what kind of time people have to listen and things like right, that, right. Um, but things happen, right? So we're so passionate. We're excited. Mm-hmm. I expected us to go a little <laughs> over the hour um, <laughs> and hopefully that's okay with everyone. But so we wanted to, we really want to try to be intentional in other cases. You know, this is maybe just more laid back. It's a Sunday. Like we were just kind of chill about it. But if you really do have a lot of things going on in your week, try to hold yourself to some form of discipline. I know even Ashley yeah. talked about discipline, making your bed every morning, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's times she doesn't feel like making her bed right. and she does, you know, so there's that discipline piece that we're so opposed to, but yet it's actually putting us in a position of control and giving us our power back. Right. Um, we know what our day is going to look like now to some level, and that could be a comfort to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Some people, maybe they enjoy it. Like it's okay for them to live the other way. If it's not creating chaos in your life, fine. But if you are like disappointing people, canceling on things, whatever it is, you really have to take a look at how you're managing your time. Um, and this is where that relationship piece comes in, right? So mm-hmm. this is something I have a lot of experience with, not just with my sessions, but within my own relationship. Mm-hmm. So my husband works overnight shifts, the bane of my existence. So <laughs> it <laughs> it is really tough. So I created, I actually coined the term single spousing. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that you shared about this. Yeah. And single spousing is all about um, the lifestyle of somebody who's married or in a committed relationship, but gets to spend little to no quality time with their significant other. So mm-hmm. you would never even know that they're really in a relationship if you were kind of from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. You look like you're single. You're living the single life, even though you're in a relationship, because you just have such little time together. Mm -hmm. So I've experienced this with my husband throughout kind of our dating and Mm -hmm. our, and even right now it's a little, it's a challenge with the overnight schedule. He's working toward day. So things are looking a little brighter on that end. Wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. We have definitely, um, gone through the ringer with that but it's the mess like it's his feet mm-hmm. sleeping while I'm awake during the day and then when I'm winding mm-hmm. down at night he's like cooking a meal and I'm like I don't feel like smelling sausages or whatever you're making right now when it's like 2 a.m because that's his breakfast <laughs> and I'm like he's just about waking up so we are so thrown off course with our time and I do see a lot of couples coming in with issues and a lot of the core struggle seems to be their time together. Mm-hmm. If they could just get more time together, their communication would be more on point. Mm-hmm. Maybe their sexual relationship would be more on point. Mm-hmm. Maybe things with the kids wouldn't be so stressful, household chores, chores, all of that. Right. So I created a workshop. It's a single spousing workshop and it's for women. And I just kind of want to take I want to kind of keep it small. I mean, maybe it'll grow at some point, but I love that concept of a small, intimate group. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about where you can start finding more time in your relationship Mm -hmm. and how you can start improving the quality of your relationship so that you start feeling like you're actually in one. Absolutely. Yeah. We're in these relationships for a reason, right? We don't want to feel like we're single when you're in a relationship. Yeah. So you want teamwork, you want team effort, you want to be able to have fun together and you want to be able to dream and grow together and plan together. Yeah. Have that plan, things get in the way. 
Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be opposite work schedules. It could just be that, you know, maybe you're focusing too much on the kids. Maybe you don't have enough childcare. Mm-hmm. You can be falling asleep on the couch instead of watching a show together and actually being awake, depending on what's happening. You really have to be mindful of what's getting in the way mm-hmm. of that enjoyable stuff. Sometimes it's an absence of fun that's creating all this tension in right. our relationship. Right. So I have experienced it. My husband and I have our our walking proof that you can pull through these things and you can actually find different skills and strategies to spend more time together because I'm going to be real. I love him. I'm with him for a reason and I want to see him. I want to spend time with him. I'm not in this to be in it alone. Mm -hmm. And so that fight in me, right? I was self-aware. And I said, okay, well, he's doing the right thing. He's going to work. He's doing this and that. I should be happy. I could have stayed with that, right? And maybe some people would say, oh my gosh, she's complaining. Like he's obviously doing what he needs to do. But for me, it's just not what I want. Why can't I work toward more of what I want? And if you have a partner who feels similar and they're willing to do the work with you, then that's really the key. If you feel like you're alone fighting in it, that just makes it more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. But that's also what my workshop is all about. If you feel like you're just not getting your needs met in your relationship, let's talk about your mindset. Let's talk about, you know, what you can control versus what you can't. Let's talk about how you can communicate that to your partner mm-hmm. and how you can start getting more of what you're looking for in terms of time spent. So oh, I'm hoping that's so that beautiful. And yes, it does. And it's so important that you're offering all those, you know, tools and that safe place for, you know, people to work through. That's so important. Yes, I'm excited. So I want to start that up again, probably beginning of next year. So I'll be posting about that. If anybody wants to follow along and see Mm -hmm. what I'll be offering, you can learn all about that. It's all over my social media. You saw me posting about it. It's so much fun to talk about single spousing. So Mm -hmm. if there's any questions, anybody wants to direct my way, I'm so happy to answer those questions. Awesome, babe. Yes. Thank you so much for, you know, everything today. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to just, you know, share any last minute words that you, you know, wanted to share with all of us, anything you want to say, I wanted to give you that opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much. So I uh, really enjoyed this. This was so exciting. I'm sure there's a million other things I could have said, other directions I could have gone. I know, right? (laughs) And um, that's part of, you know, our challenge, right? Like that it's, okay, we can't cover everything. You don't have to cover everything. But Uh I'm hoping everything made sense and got through and um, whoever's listening and if this touches you in any way, I'm so happy to just kind of have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. I I also offer the initial session. It's an hour. It's no charge. So I really like people to just kind of, I want to invite people to just come in, get to know me, get to know my style a little bit, see if I'm comfortable for you. And if you want to continue doing some work together, totally open to that. So if you want to take advantage of that, you're more than welcome. Um, So I just know I'm so happy to be here and this take your power back group. I'm so excited to see what's coming up in it. And everything that you have to offer, Katie, is incredible. So please keep me in the loop. And oh, I would love you. to yes. continue um, supporting and doing whatever I can to support you. So. Oh, I appreciate you so much. And that's amazing. So you're going to be offering your group in January. And you also offer individual and couples counseling. Is that right? Families too. It's just all awesome. members 21 years of age or older. Yeah, so I don't do the younger groups, which I know you're great with. So yeah, good. Oh, <laughs> awesome. So thank you so much. It was such a blessing to have you. And I look forward to connecting more. Same here. It was so great catching up with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, babe. Have a great day. You too. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.